Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts. The United States will not torture. This government does not torture people. I intend to close Guantanamo and I will follow through on that. We are working together and still uh, we don't trust each other. Afghan forces will grow stronger. The Afghan people will take control of their future. So we've got more work to do. Unfinished business from the disturbing era that began for America and the world on September 11th, 2001. In many ways, the Obama administration took as its mission closing some of the controversial chapters opened after 2001. The war in Iraq is winding down, less so in Afghanistan, but still an end date in sight. The president himself referred to this unfinished business in an interview with Charlie Rose yesterday. One of the things you learn in this office is everything takes a little longer than you'd like. Uh, But when I think about the next four years, what's undone? Last week on this program, we spoke about the continuing legacy of the Extraordinary Rendition Program, where the CIA detained individuals for interrogations in countries where rules on the use of torture were much looser than in the USA. But in many ways, the biggest matter of unfinished business lies in the sliver of land on the island of Cuba known as the naval base at Guantanamo Bay. Home to hundreds of detainees, the president campaigned to close it four years ago. In fact, as we learned from veteran Gitmo reporter Carol Rosenberg, far from closing, there are signs that Gitmo is being upgraded on Obama's watch. Rosenberg is a senior reporter at the Miami Herald who spoke with us from station WLRN in Miami. There's 168 men down there. Only four of them have been convicted. Six await trials, and those trials are death penalty cases in some of the big, big attacks that we know about, the September 11th attacks and the bombing of the USS Cole. And then there's about 150-some-odd other men there of varying degrees of guilt or culpability who are awaiting uncertainty. I mean, the Obama administration, using Bush administration analyses, has said about 80 of these men can go as soon as they can secure agreements to safely put them somewhere. And so all things considered, a number of these men would be on with their lives. One man went home to Sudan Mm -hmm. last week. And before that, two Chinese citizen uh, detainees who'd been cleared by the courts went to El Salvador. But for a long time, nobody's left Guantanamo. In 2011, three men left, and two of them were dead. So we're in a situation where there's 168 detainees coming up on an election season, and the president not only won't close it, he can't close it. We've got trials coming up. You know, there is a deep freeze because of politics, but also there's a deep freeze because of something you alluded to a moment ago. I mean, Guantanamo, in a sense, is a challenge to the entire international legal order, in a sense, Um, for nations to agree to resettlement, whatever the quid pro quo is with the United States, and it varies from nation to nation, uh, to agree to resettle is essentially an acknowledgement that Guantanamo either needs to exist or should exist. I think to agree to resettle is to help the Obama administration get out of this bind they're in because the Congress said they're not coming to the United States. And there's a you know legislation that says they can't be resettled on U.S. soil, even the ones who the courts have ordered released as shouldn't have been there in the first place. So when they go around seeking resettlement, 
I understand, met with international diplomats who say, well, you go first. You, you know, you got yourself into this bind. We'll help you out of it. But you should be doing some of the mm. resettlements as well. And as long as that political calculus remains, uh, the uh, the negotiating position of the United States is is pretty weak. Let's talk about some of the tribunals that are actually underway that you're covering and witnessing in these episodic uh, uh, periods where they allow you back into Guantanamo. Uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, um, where do we think we'll stand with that five years down the road? Five years down the road? Under the timetable that the prosecution is proposing, that trial will be over. If convicted, that case will be before perhaps one of the many appeals levels they have. You know, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and four other men are facing death penalty tribunals. Uh, at some point, there'll be a trial. Um, the defense lawyers say that this should be years in the making, that discovery, that getting information, that preparing for a death penalty trial um, takes years, that even though these men were captured nine and ten years ago and disappeared into the black sites of the the CIA, the case begins sort of now because they haven't gotten any discovery. They don't know Hmm. the basis of the evidence by which the Pentagon is proposing to try and, if they succeed, execute them. So five years from now, we'll be in the appeals phase because there's a number of levels of appeals that would have to happen. Anyone thinking that we're going to see the kind of justice that they imagine, you know, swift trials and perhaps, you know, swift uh, sentences, I think we'll be disappointed. Let's talk about the execution for a moment. I mean, is there even a death row at Gitmo, assuming there is a trial and there is a sentence, and then the appeals process essentially puts people in rooms down the hall from an execution chamber? Does that even exist down there? There isn't even a method of execution. Under the law that Congress passed and created to do military commissions at Guantanamo, the Secretary of Defense will decide the system by which somebody would be put to death. And I and I say this not glibly, but it sort of shows what a work in progress military commissions are. So it could be Secretary Panetta's decision to order something created, and I've asked about it. And, you know, we're told the time is not ripe. Mm. So somewhere down the road, some lawyer will probably get an assignment, figure it out. If the U.S. military is going to execute someone at Guantanamo, what would be the system? And then something will be built. Or something will be devised. And, and and it is macabre, but it really does show that this isn't like a system that has existed in the U.S. Uh, judicial system all our lives. And we should point out that executions on military facilities in time of war aren't unprecedented in cases of treason and in cases of sort of battlefield, you know, executions, those sorts of things. But Gitmo is fundamentally different. It basically becomes a a legal kind of gray zone where they would have to create a whole protocol for execution that not only doesn't exist but has never even been contemplated, right? That's absolutely right. And in a situation where at this moment the men couldn't be brought to the U.S. to have this undertaken because Congress has made it impossible to bring people to the states. So you have this 45-square-mile base with a prison on one end and an elementary school and a McDonald's and a church and a golf course on the other end that would be the place where this would happen way down the road if it happens. 
And clearly, you know, uh, the war on terror is a more or less permanent sort of rhetorical exercise, even if it may have waned in the intensity that we experienced, you know, in the last decade. But, you know, it does seem as though Guantanamo Bay Gitmo is among the more permanent fixtures from this entire era that began on September 11th. Uh, it may be the last thing to go, yes? I think that the U.S. is not getting out of the Guantanamo Bay business anytime soon. I just can't see an end to it. A couple of weeks ago, we broke the story about the plans by the Navy to lay a $40 million undersea uh, fiber optic cable from the base in Cuba up to Florida. A major investment in an infrastructure in a place that kind of was before 9-11 a sleepy little nowhere on the out in the Caribbean that a drug hunting plane could stop off at to refuel. It is now a functioning undertaking with about 6,000 people and members of Congress coming and going when they want to take a day trip to the war on terror and, you know, do a field trip. This is a place that, as I said, isn't going anyplace soon. No, and the fiber optic infrastructure you're talking about essentially creates the possibility of kind of, you know, high bandwidth conferences, tribunals, testimony being given and received from uh, the United States to Guantanamo and vice versa, right? Absolutely. They're using, you know, crude uh, satellite communications now, which means if I'm down there trying to talk to somebody, it's hard to get a story out. And if most importantly, there's a hurricane bearing down or bad weather. Everybody there can be cut off from the rest of the country, the rest of the nation. But it will also give very sophisticated interconnection with the with the United States in times of the tribunal as well. In a sense, in digital terms, bringing Guantanamo closer to the United States, even if it will never touch the soil of the U.S. by congressional uh, edict at this point. That's fascinating. Carol Rosenberg, thanks so much and uh, good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, John.